Get that water out of the goddamn huddle. I tell you when you get a fucking water break. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips, all depressed up in here. I don't even want to talk right now. <laughs> you know what I'm depressed about? It's not that we lost. It didn't bother me. I love this team. I love this team. What depressed me? This is the end of the season for the Buccaneers. This is it, man. And what a way for it to go out. Doesn't that just define the season? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to end really it on a Jameis Winston interception. It defined the season. And even the announcers were talking about how entertaining this game was. That's been four weeks in a row where we've had the announcers saying how fun the games are to watch. And that's what matters, man. That's what matters. That is the – this is entertainment. And, man, this is fun. This is fun stuff. Pearman, come on. Come on. He really showed up. And now I'm like, how are we going to let him go? We can't let nobody go. <laughs> Here's what we do. Everybody signs for $5 million. <laughs> We raid the uh, Carolina Panthers, take all their stuff, and pay our players with that. We, t- we take their salary cap numbers. Pillage. Pillage. We're Buccaneers. Good grain. Good, good. That, that was just fun to watch. That was some good football. It's been good football all year. All year. I like it. And all the stats and records that were busted today. And we were like taking hammers to everything. This football team shouldn't work like this. you got a quarterback throws 30 interceptions on a year. You should not be 8-8. You should be picking first in the draft. Yeah, all the records we broke today or players on the Buccaneers broke. Levante got his 1,000 tackles. And there's only two players who have gotten 1,000 tackles, 20 sacks, and 10 interceptions through eight seasons. It's Levante and Ray Lewis. Levante David is in the same category as Ray Lewis, people. Tampa has four fumble recovery touchdowns on the season, which is a single-season franchise record. We've done it three times in 92, 2005, and 2017. We have six defensive touchdowns, which ties the franchise record which was done in 1981, 2000, and 2002. Jameis broke 5,000 yards, joining eight other quarterbacks who did the same. Shaq got up to 19 and a half sacks. He beat Warren Sapp's record, and he tied Chandler Jones for the top spot right now. I don't think Chandler Jones has played yet, so he could beat it, but he's tied with the lead leaguer at this point. League leader. I don't want him to be the league leaguer because then <laughs> the uh, it gives their side more leverage in the bargaining. But at the same time, I want him to have the league leaguer. Man, where are, this team is awesome. I love this team. He killed it. Devin White set the franchise record for the longest fumble return for a touchdown in Buccaneers history. So his first year, and he's making history. Everybody that watched that game, this is the same thing with the Texans, same thing with the uh, the Titans, same thing with uh, other teams. <laughs> we were the better team out there, just plain and simple. We were much more fun to watch, that's for sure. Everybody else is – they have to pull out the crazy stuff against us. You can't beat us one-on-one. You have to trick us. Yeah, you got to throw it to your offensive lineman for a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, you're not running it down our throats. Julio Jones ain't out there lighting it up. DeAndre Hopkins ain't doing it. And we did the same thing we did the first time. We just beat the absolute crap out of them. We were a little less aggressive this time, but we still had Julio Jones left the game. Matt Ryan was just getting clobbered. 
We were killing that round. That unnecessary roughness penalty. That was BS. On Vita. It was such nonsense. You know, if you're going to have rules and regulations, have rules and regulations. But one, make them understandable to everybody. And two, you got to be consistent with them. The referees are neither. Yeah. I could show you 20 clips of quarterbacks getting hit. And one out of those 20s would be penalty worthy. You couldn't pick it out. That's so true. That's crazy. Speaking of you did that hitting Matt Ryan, we had him. We sacked him six times. Really? JPP got two, three? How many did he get? He was all over the place tonight, and I think that he got one of his contra- contractual bonuses. Half a million dollars, yeah. Yeah. A good day Which for JPP. Which is just crazy, because how many games has he played in? You know? Not that many. He had two sacks. Shaq Barrett had three. That's crazy. And then Vita had one. <laughs> he just bear hugged Matt Ryan. <laughs> he folded him in half. Looked like he was doing laundry. And I think he had the offensive lineman with him. <laughs> <laughs> they were both. Hey, come help me with my laundry, man. I know. Perriman. Let's talk about this guy. Okay. How many limbs does he have? Because he's like an octopus. He gets 12 inbounds. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking at it, you think, oh, man, why didn't he drag his foot or something? Then you watch it on the replay. He's got, like, five feet inbounds. The guy's- He had a, a record-setting game, too. It was his third straight game with 100-plus receiving yards, which is tied for the second-longest streak of 100-yard receiving performances in franchise history. I would have to say, I can't recall in all my years of watching football, which has been many decades— that I have seen a receiver make as many spectacular catches in such a short time frame. He's had like seven in three games. We were talking about cutting him in the middle of the season. Yeah, we totally blew that one. This guy, you give him the chance to go out there and be number one wide receiver, he makes it worth your while. This is what is so incredible about B.A. is that he his ability to find these guys who want their chance, want their opportunity to show what they can do. And once they get their chance, they just light it up. Shaq Barrett. Shaq nobody, Barrett. Nobody saw that. Who we paid, what, like $4.5 million this year? Got, robbery. Got him on the cheap. We are getting away with a robbery this year. That's not going to happen again. No. God, we are going to have the most expensive team on the planet. We're going to have so many guys making $20, $30 million this year. Uh, I hope JPP wants to be back. I want this whole team back. There's nobody on the team I don't want. I know. You and I were talking about this during the game. We were going through our free agents, and you said, maybe Will Golston is at the maybe. bottom. And that one but hurts. That, but he had an awesome game today, too. Oh, he's had plenty of awesome games. That one would hurt. Whoever he goes to is going to get a steal. If he goes to a division opponent, Ugh. oh, that's going to hurt us. But I, I just don't see how we can keep everybody. We're going to leave three elite players on the field. I was even talking about we might have to trade a wide receiver. We've got, I mean, if you throw Perriman in there, that's, that's ridiculous. Who's got three elite wide receivers like this? But it was weird because Perriman wasn't like this when Chris Godwin and Mike Evans were here. So what do you what do you do? Do you sign him for a bunch of money knowing that Chris Godwin and Mike Evans will probably be back? No, no, you can't have especially for a number three three big money guys. Yeah. No. But he really stepped up once. But he's a he's a trading chip, and you know we we're going to have to jettison some people. But I, mean, I think he's only on a one year deal, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, we got a lot of people on the short term deals: Sue Barrett, Perriman, Peyton Barber, Barber. It, we'll probably let him go. No, he's not on a one year deal. He, I think so. Was he? I think so. Jesus, I know. So anyhow, God, yeah. 
That's just a one-year deal, guys. This game was such a tease because I thought we were going to get some extra Buccaneers football going into overtime. We did with the defense. No, we got the ball first in overtime, <laughs> and Jameis immediately throws an interception, a pick six. Well, that's part of our. That's part of our. So apropos. Our ill. Yeah. It, yes, it really is. It, it ended the season on what Jameis is going to be known for, what our team is going to be known for. Giving that ball up. I think he has 29 interceptions. I don't know. No, he broke 30. Okay. ESPN still has him at 28 today, but. He had two in this game. I mean, he had, in 2018, he had 14 interceptions. 2017, he only had 11. 2016, he had 18 interceptions. 2015, he only had 15. So this is really an anomaly for him. I think throwing a, that many. I think it's a new normal. Uh, he threw fourth quarter. Never, ever, 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 ever throw an out route when you're within 20 yards of your own end zone. You just don't do it. Because if it's intercepted, that's a touchdown. There's no stopping it. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. That's what he did twice last week. And he loves those out routes. Those out routes are his money routes. You know, and you got – don't know if everybody's picked up on it. Yeah, they probably figured it out a lot of – teams have you just don't do that though that's that's bad play calling right there and it's bad on winston to throw that pass to, you know to say i'm going to go to the out route when i'm within my own 20 i would even move it up i'd say within your own 30 yeah just to be safe but hey you know you can't have a perfect team this team is fun to watch this game didn't matter what this game did was you know it's off-season hope and man there's a lot of hope with this team a lot of hope we could beat anybody this atlanta team has beaten really good. They, they beat the 49ers. Yeah. They beat the Saints. I mean, this is a good team. Matt Ryan, and, and it's a good coaching staff. Now that they've realigned, they really screwed up letting Matt, uh, letting Quinn call the uh, defensive play call. And it just seems like he does what you get a lot of veteran defensive coordinators do is they, you know, they get scared. They're trying to, you know, they're worried about their jobs and all that. So they, it's all about keeping the play in front of you. You know, let them make the catch, you make the tackle. You know, keep keep your eye on the quarterback. Keep the player in front of you if you can. Jump the route. If not, make the tackle. And that just doesn't fly anymore. You can't do that. You got to do this man coverage. You know, and and, and different types of zones. But you know. and right around the bye week, Dan Quinn had relinquished play calling duties to Raheem Morris, and they made this big push and comeback. They started off one and seven on the season and ended at six and two. Raheem Morris is going to be the new defensive coordinator next year. I can't believe that they, they're keeping Dan Quinn. I know. They announced that Friday after we had put the podcast up. And then bringing Raheem Morris in as defensive coordinator, keeping Matt Ryan, most likely, right? I mean, there's yeah, no word about it. But it, yeah, so. I think all his guaranteed money is up, maybe. I was like, damn it. I wanted that franchise to, to get implode. blown up. Yeah. But at least we got Carolina. <laughs> How about them today? <laughs> oh, it was 35-3 in the fourth quarter last time I looked. They, I think it ended 42-10 maybe. Oh. Yeah, it was 42-10. So definitely contenders. <laughs> You're cruel. <laughs> Winston Eclipse 5,000 yards. Yep. Only a uh, few quarterbacks have done that. Almost all of them in the modern era. Barrett beat sap sack record. Devin White had the longest return fumble for a touchdown. This was like a record-breaking game. It was fun. It was fun. Oh, it was, there was no doubt we were the better team. We were we were out there uh, kind of just breaking records. We didn't. Yeah, I mean, everybody wanted to win, but it didn't mean that much. Yeah. 
Oh, you know, we went out. We didn't go. We didn't even go out eight and eight. We went out seven and nine. I know. Two games better than Dang last it. season. Last but I think seasons. it's the worst that BA's done as a head coach. Oh my God, this team is awesome. I don't care. I mean, you beat us. You have to bring your A game to the max. And then hope that we screw up. Yeah, hope Jameis throws at least two interceptions, <laughs> minimal. In pivotal times. But, you know, Rojo did it, too. He And a pick six. Yeah. One of those has got to be a pick six. Well, Jameis didn't throw an interception immediately. No, we fumbled immediately. Rojo fumbled it immediately <laughs> instead. So, so it's just a thing. It's, it's just a thing. our it's thing. It's not Jameis. It's just And the then thing. the second offensive drive, Matt Gay misses the field goal. So that's three for him. Had he made those field goals, we would have won. Think yeah, about that. Yeah, if you do the math like that. Our score predictions were 32-26 was my prediction, and yours was 42-28. Oh, I was given a prediction on the uh, St. Carolina game. Right. Uh-huh. That's what I meant. Right. You <laughs> overestimate on that one. Carolina. <laughs> They're contenders. <laughs> Will we ever get sick of joking about that? I don't no, think so. No. I don't think so. Carolina. I'm just happy it's not us. And I hope they get Mike McCarthy. I really do. He would be the best thing that would ever happen to the (laughs) the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. (laughs) (laughs) To the NFC South as a whole. That roughing the passer call on uh, Vita Vea, 737 in the uh, second quarter, that was bullshit. Total nonsense. Total nonsense. Bunning got hurt. He never came back in the game. The same play Bunning got hurt on, Edwards was called for... uh, Lowering the head on the tackle. Oh, that was such. That's bull. another one. I could show you twenty tackles that were exactly like that, and you got to pick this out. Game. <laughs> in this game. Try in this game. Yeah, probably. You could. could. You could probably find a handful. Yeah, yeah. And it's just dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. You can't legislate safety. No, because they can't even define what's safe. Like one hit on one guy could be fine, and then the same hit on another guy. Why is a hit on a quarterback is a foul? Same hit on a running back is not a foul. If you're worried right. about safety. Yeah, they're getting hit more than anyone else. You can't you can't hit the, the running back in the head, neck, shoulder, or abdomen area. Right. <laughs> or below the knees. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a spot about three inches big that you can hit him. That's probably coming. I'll tell you what, though. We had a crap ton of pressure on Matt Ryan. He was just lobbing stuff up. He had six sacks total, and then let me look at the hits. I mean, he was just lobbing balls with 14 quarterback hits. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. And I don't even believe in quarterback hits or hurries. (laughs) A hurry. And we had... Who judges what a hurry is? I know. How do you know? Totally subjective. Yeah, totally subjective because every quarterback has a different average as far as where they throw. So what's considered a hurry? Yeah, and if a quarterback scrambles out of the pocket, even though he's not being pressured, do you give a hurry to the guy that was closest to him? Yeah. You know, it's, just, it's ridiculous. There's no set standard. You don't know. Uh, I don't know what a hurry is. Nobody knows what a hurry is. A hurry to me is different than what a hurry is to you. How they judge that and put it in stat books, I have no clue. What was amazing, two minutes left in the first half, that throw by Winston to Perriman. He threw it. Winston threw it. Between three defenders, two of them were stuck to Perriman like glue. It was a beautiful pass, beautiful catch. Perriman was incredible. I know that catch in the end zone for the touchdown, where he was like on the back of the end zone. I didn't think he had it. I didn't either. Again, it's like every at least once a game you go, "Damn, Perriman, why didn't you catch that?" And then they showed a replay, and he he's got it. he's got twelve limbs. In <laughs> Call him the octopus. <laughs> he looks like a mutant when he's catching these balls. CGI. He looks like CGI. Yeah. 
But is that you got to ask yourself? I mean, when, when we have three three receivers on our team that can do that, is that them or is that Jameis? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe Jameis he, is making the throws, and they're wanting to catch the ball. Deshaun Watson didn't want to catch the ball, or Deshaun Jackson last year. Yes, Deshaun Jackson. But these guys are wanting to catch the ball, and they're going through great lengths to do it. You got to you got to hand it to that's some leadership skills there or something. I don't know. These guys are wanting to catch the ball, and then he had that incredible touchdown catch right after that. That was amazing. I did not think he was in bounds at all. Me neither. Again. I'm going to say this again, though. I love this team. I love everything about this team. I know. It's going to be a really depressing free agency because we're going to have to see some of these guys go. I mean, It's going to hurt. Normally, between year to year, it's about a 30% turnover. That's even on the low end. I just hope that the team has enough promise and has bought in that some guys want to stay here. We're going to churn the bottom of the roster a lot. Uh, That's not necessarily a bad thing to me. If you can upgrade, like teams like the Patriots and the Saints, they've had so much continuity that they can slowly upgrade in different pieces without it necessarily being a need. It's more of a want. So if we can get to that point and just slowly upgrade our depth, I I don't have an issue with that. That's a good point. I don't see any needs on this team. Yeah, I would say offensive linemen, just because Dot is getting up there, he's probably, yeah. he, I don't know if he's going to retire next year, but probably the following year and the next few years. Yeah, you got to start working some uh, uh, yeah, backups. Exactly. Like if you just bring it, draft somebody. I like drafting. You know, with Kappa, it works there. It's worked with Donovan, Marpet. Oh, yeah. So if we can get a guy to replace Dotson either this season or in the next few seasons, I would be very happy with that. Because they do take a while to develop. Yeah, the longer they can develop, the better. Exactly. And then an upgrade. I like our running backs, but an upgrade there wouldn't hurt. These guys love contact too much. Right? I know. They run towards. <laughs> they do. Guys. Rojo did it today. Yeah. He did, had a great game. He had a. It At was his po- first hundred year game of his NFL career. Hundred year. He played for a hundred year. <laughs> hundred yard. Uh, yeah, but you're never going to have a perfect team. You're never going to have a perfect team. I mean, even the best teams are deficient in some areas. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we could upgrade at running back. That'd be fine. I think the blocking would have to be better. And and talking about that. We use our tight ends too much in blocking, and they're not that good. Cameron Brait is our best blocker. He's all right blocking. Uh, but O.J. Howard, not. So, you know, if we're not going to use our tight ends as a receiving threat, then we should probably look at trading and getting uh, blocking tight ends. So I could see that area saving us a little money. It's but strange. I, I don't want to get rid of nobody. It's strange that BA uses his tight ends in blocking so much, but refuses to get a fullback. <laughs> Good point. Why wouldn't you just get a fullback? Yeah, I'm sitting there watching the Saints today, and I'm like, man, I miss a fullback. He was the one we had before Javorski Lane. We had one I really liked. I can't remember who it was. Who was it we drafted not too long ago? Light drafted him. Now he's been with Green Bay, been starting with them ever since we waved him. Uh, that might have been Dvorsky. No. It was Dan Vitale. Vitale. I don't remember him at all. Yeah, we draft him like a fourth rounder. Oh, hey, you know what? That that reminds me. Fact checks of follow-ups. God, we, we're getting so out of sync with all of our stuff. Normally we do fact checks and follow-ups at the beginning of the podcast. Actually, we never do fact checks and follow-ups in a, uh instant cast. All right, follow-up. 
Ryan Smith did not have any tackles on special teams against the Texans. We had talked about that. The Texans really locked down our special teams. To me, that was the difference in the game. And Ryan Smith had no tackles. Where were you, Ryan? He he was getting his butt whooped by the uh, Texans special teams. Follow-up. The National Football League and the NFL Referees Association reached a seven-year collective bargaining agreement September 28th, 2019, which is a few months ago. Snuck up on everybody. Nobody saw it coming. Nobody did. They just did it in secret. They did it in secret, announced it. Everybody was like, what? And everybody had been complaining about the refs this season. How bad they were. The new deal runs through May 31st, 2026. The current CBA was set to expire on May 2020s. Now, here's the deal with the new CBA, with the refs. The NFL will hire a new vice president to coordinate training and development of officials. This is a a new hire. It's going to revive the training program that has dwindled from nine to two trainers in recent years. Interesting. Maybe that's why the refs are so shitty. (laughs) We need more bureaucracy. Throw some more layers of government on top of this. More classes. Now, quote, the trainers would be involved in grading officials. This is coming from the... Wouldn't be. Would not be involved in grading officials. This is coming from the NFL Referees Association Executive Director Scott Green. He said it would be more of a mutual mentor-type relationship. They would be asking, what can I help you get better at? That sort of thing. So the referees have to <laughs> self-identify their weaknesses, and then yeah. they get a mentor to... We're hiring. Counsel them through it. The NFL is hiring trainers to therapy. I know. The referees. Yeah. This CBA will also provide a one-time incentive for older officials to retire. Now, this I don't like. I don't either. They are the ones that, that know the calls and know how to do this shit. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're the ones screwing up. I don't know. Those with 20 years or more experience will be entitled to enhanced Severage package. I like that. An enhanced severage package. So what's the normal severance package? I don't know, but I want mine to be enhanced. (laughs) Now, that's only if they step away next season. they got a one-year window here to get this enhanced severage package. Now, there's 23 officials in the NFL's public roster that have at least 20 years' experience. So we got uh, about 20% of the NFL officials can retire next year. So that's a huge turnover. They probably they probably will. Who wouldn't? You Who? can an enhanced severance package. Who can deny the enhanced severance package? <laughs> this incentive will give the NFL earlier clarity for off-season hiring, and it could also accelerate an ongoing shift toward younger officials. Don't know what that means. Don't like it. Change is bad. That guy Green said that uh, nearly half of the 122 officials in the league have few or four years of experience. Well, no why, wonder they why suck. Why is that a good thing? That is not a good thing. The NFL will be able to uh, manage these new guys under the CBA more efficiently, give them more flexibility. Flexibility. <laughs> That's a word, I swear. Flexibility in putting these, uh, managing these young officials. They're, they're putting new hires in three-year probationary status before they get any benefits, veteran-wise. Don't know, man. I don't see how that's good for the game. Don't know. Uh, the last thing is that the CBA, the new CBA, allows for the league's full-time officiating program to be reinstituted for the 2020 season if the NFL chooses. Right now, the program was scrapped before this season. The program had originally allowed the league to designated 20%. <laughs> 
I've had a lot of beer today. To designate 20% of the officials as full-time. I did not know that. So what they did before this year, they just scrapped that whole program. And now they're instituting it. So twenty, roughly 20% of the officiating crew can be designated full-time this year if the NFL chooses. I don't know. I don't like the full-time staff. I, I don't even have a reason why. I mean, why. what difference does that make? I don't, I don't know what the difference is. I don't know, man. It just, it just <sighs> I'm old school. I don't want these guys to depend on this for their livelihood. You know, incentives matter. If your livelihood depends on making this call or not making this call, you're going to go in the, you're going to be swayed towards your livelihood. But if, you know, you're doing this as a freaking hobby or some extra side money or whatever, it just doesn't mean that much to you. You're not going to make that biased call, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer there. I hear arguments one side or the other. Don't know. All right. Follow up. 54 quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> You're having a hard time with that. <laughs> I am. I'm like slobbering. Put the beer down. Bergen backs. Go take a nap. 54. <laughs> 54 quarterbacks have been drafted since 2015. This is. We're talking about Jameis. We're talking about Jameis here. What to do? Get rid of him? Not get rid of him? Keep him? All that I, good stuff. You know, even with today, I'm like, this is what he is. Like that today was no different than any other day. He threw some good passes. That one pass was just like, what? Yeah, I mean, he played like Jameis today. I'm not, and my mind was made up before this that I think we should keep him. He was more Doctor Jekyll than he was Mister Hyde, but they both uh, came out. They you know, I think out. it was like a 45, but, yeah, 55. It wasn't a whole lot of difference. Yeah. But when you get those games where you got uh, Dr. Jekyll at like 80%, dang, you can't stop us. But now when you got Mr. Hyde at 80%, we got a defense that will, uh, you know, punch you in the mouth. Man, the defense is crazy today. I love watching those guys. All right, let's get back to Jameis. Yeah, so, so we were talking about get rid of Jameis, keep him, blah, blah, blah. And I was saying, hey, you know, it's a crapshoot. You draft whatever, another quarterback, you don't know what you're going to get. If we if we cut Jameis, what are we going to do? We don't have anybody. I can understand if we had a second place guy who's back there that's been kicking butt, and we know is going to come out there and give us some good numbers. But we don't have that. So you know we're we're talking about drafting somebody. So fifty four quarterbacks have been drafted since two thousand fifteen. That's the year we drafted Jameis Winston. Fifty four of those, only sixteen are currently starters in the NFL. That's actually a larger number than I expected. 16 out of 54. 16 out of 54 are starters. Of those, five had better win-loss records than Winston in 2019. So since Jameis Winston was drafted, only five guys, quarterbacks, have better records than him. Five out of 54. Out of 54. So five out of 54. That's about a 10% chance. Actually, less than. 9%. Yes, 9.26% chance of drafting a quarterback better than Jameis Winston. That's crazy. Here are the five current quarterbacks that have better records than Jameis Winston since the draft. Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Okay, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson have only been starters for two Two years, years, right? Yes. And Mahomes, I think, too. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean... So you got a 10% chance you're going to get a better quarterback. And this year was such... Not that it's an anomaly that he throws interceptions because, yes, he throws interceptions. It was an issue last year. Honey Badger don't care. He's just going to throw that football. (laughs) He don't care. (laughs) There's three guys standing there ready to intercept it. Honey Badger don't give a fuck. (laughs) So, I mean, yes, the 30 interceptions this year, pretty bad. But 
No, we're keeping Jameis. That's $30 million yeah, right there. They just don't, they don't bother me that much because he is what he is. We all knew. He's fun. Going into this. Yes, and he can just as easily win games for us as he can lose them. So He is not a boring quarterback. You can say that. And here's the thing. A lot of his is luck. Like, he just happens to be an unlucky guy sometimes. <laughs> you know, and if, he could, if he could just learn to read the field, he would be incredible. I think that he's going to make strides in the offseason between... We hope. I do think he will. Between learning the system and getting a better rapport, I think, with his backup receivers, because these last few games, that's really been the issue. It's two stars out and... I don't think that the backups, while they've done fine, I think they're not Chris Godwin or Mike Evans. And they don't run the same routes. They're not always on the same page with Jameis. Like, Godwin and Mike know Jameis very well. So I think that'll make a difference. And I think it's probably something that they'll emphasize in the offseason. And these guys, like Tanner Hudson, who showed a lot of promise in the preseason, but obviously his route running is not great because he spent a lot of time inactive. They made comments in the or in the preseason about that. So you give these guys a chance to learn the system, learn their jobs better, get better cohesion with their quarterback. I think it'll make all the difference. And we will have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans back next year. You know, I'm... <clears throat> I love Mike Evans. I love Chris Godwin, but I'm thinking, wow, we don't really need them. I mean, no, that's you're blasphemy. drunk, Ralph. They, yeah, you're drunk. But I'm Go saying, <laughs> if, if they were to disappear from this team, oh. I still think we've got a great team. I can't say that about some players, you know. And, and coming into this year, I was like, Mike Evans is our most important player, bar none. Now exiting the season, I'm saying, eh, you know, I think JPP is our most important player. You know, I. I, I would not. I could make an argument, but I wouldn't have believed in it. I know. I really do think he is. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you on that. Look how this team changed when he came back. Our defense was dying the first half of this season. We were getting blowed up. Thirty-five yards or thirty-five points a game. Thirty-two somewhere in that area. And he's the one that chewed out Vernon Hargraves when he, not when he left, but in the games before he left, when they were all yeah. cutting up in the shower yeah. after a loss. And you have you cannot deny the fact that Vernon Hargreaves gets cut. Our defensive secondary has been spectacular. What do we I hold? don't think it's a coincidence. There's no way it can be. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. What do we hold Jones to today? Seventy eight yards. He was seven for thirteen. Wow, that's almost fifty percent. I know. And his long was twenty nine yards. And a large part of that was Carlton Davis. Yeah, you know, we got rid of Har- Vernon Hargreaves. This secondary exploded. And that's the good thing about ne- going into next season is all these guys are on y- rookie contracts, so we do not have to pay yeah, any of them. Our secondary yet. is tight. We're, they're locked down for four years. It's the defensive line we really yeah. got to worry about here. Yeah, and that's a beautiful unit. Beautiful unit. I don't want to get rid of none of them. You know, Levante oh. David said this is the best front seven he's played with since he's been with the Bucks. I saw this. Oh, that's what we need to talk about. Hold on, hold on. One more. Okay. One more follow-up. All right. One more follow-up. Yeah. This was yours. Uh, yes, Drew Brees is a free agent next year, but it's complicated. Because there is some dead money, but these NFL contracts are kind of difficult to understand. I don't think he's got guaranteed money, but it might be the signing. I don't know. It just None of the sites were clear and could give me a solid answer. But, I think it's because if he chooses to retire, it kind of gives the team an out, a way out. Okay, that was the last follow-up? That's it. Okay. The team quietly extended Levante... And 
Scott, I think it was Scott Reynolds. Yeah, Scott Reynolds, the Fab Five with Peter Report, wrote a really good article about Levante and, gosh, it was just really good. And there were some good quotes, but everyone talked about how much of a leader Levante is. And even, he's a vocal leader, which is crazy. Did not see that. Me neither, because... He's always been very reserved and quiet. Exactly. And so... People like Dodson said, yeah, he's a great leader. He's one of the leaders on our team. So if you haven't read that Fab Five, I would definitely recommend it. We have 89 passes defensed. We lead the league in that. Who would have thought that? <laughs> well, it, it, it's been the last eight games or so. where we I, We've been batting balls. I've never seen a team do this before. We're smacking, swatting balls down like they're flies. Our defensive linemen today, too, have oh, yeah. been really good. Sue was killing it. They got some goals soon. Yeah. They were just feasting. Matt Ryan had a horrible day. It, it's, it is a miracle that they won this game. And I'll give it to I'm like, that's oh, fine. Take it. You know? Of all the teams in the NFC South, the Atlanta Falcons are the Atlanta Falcons are the least annoying. Yeah, I agree. So you know, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll give it to you. Yeah, here you go. Keep your keep your coach. Keep your quarterback. And we it's fine because we can beat y'all any year. <laughs> Next year, y'all gonna hate the fact y'all didn't get a higher draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> get some offensive linemen because our guys were just destroying it. They Bar- have been rebuilding that offensive line. I swear for five years. Barrett and JPP were both destroying double teams all day long. Flat out. JPP destroyed two offensive linemen. Normally when you say double teams, you're talking about, well, yeah, normally it's two offensive linemen. But uh, with, like, Barrett, a lot of times they do a tight end and a running back or a tackle and a tight Which end. that is just stupid. Yeah, I know it is. <laughs> America. How many, how many videos have I shown of Barrett just, just eating up tight ends and running backs? But yeah, JPP blew up two offensive linemen and made them look stupid. The one was laying on the ground, flopping around, trying to like grab his <laughs> foot or something. That's a hold, right? Wouldn't Could've that be been. a hold? <laughs> Could have been. But yeah, you know, I, I would agree with that. A JPP, I think he's he's extremely vital to come back. It's not you're not seeing it on the stats, but yeah, you are. He's got eight and a half sacks, and what it's he came back like nine week games, eight, week nine. Craziness, yeah. From a neck injury? He changed his team. Changed it. I mean, our run game was solid. And you got to hand that up to Sue and Vea and Galston and Whitehead. Bo Allen? He's in there. Yeah, rotation. Our rotation guys are awesome. Our rotation guys could be starters on any team. Yeah. Oh, Nacho? He got hurt today. I know. That was sad. He's fun. He is. He loves football. Him and Vea are very alike. They just seem to really like to go out there and hit people, hit people, and <laughs> jump up and down and scream and get in people's faces. Hey, I gotta thank uh, a lot of you guys that comment and stuff. You know, YouTube, Twitter, all this stuff. Man, I I just gotta thank y'all. This has been a great season. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened. If you remember back at the early part of the season, our special teams sucked. Our secondary sucked. Uh, you know, we were losing. There was a lot of negativity going out. It wasn't really until the Seattle game where everybody that watched the Buccaneers were talking about the media, the announcers, the fans went, oh, crap, this is a team. These guys are serious. I mean, they can stand toe-to-toe with anybody. But you, the people that have been listening to this and commenting, you guys have been great. I mean, it's been great. The great feedback, the encouragement. 
I really appreciate it, man. It means a lot. This has been a great year. And I'm really sad it's over. I really am. I've, been, I was, I've never felt like this after a season before. No, you, yeah. Maybe Shiana's first season. Maybe. But I don't remember just liking everybody and... And having so much hope. Yeah, a lot of hope. Going into the... Because you're like, this is our baseline. We can only get better. We're keeping our staff... You know, it's really a struggle to keep all these good players. I mean, that, that's that's what you want at the end of the year. And you you worry about the coaching staff, too, though. Todd Because Bowles. who knows who's going to get some job offers and whether they'll take them. And, you know, a lot of people are loyal to uh, Arians, and he's loyal to them. But if they get a job offer, like Todd Bowles get a job offer to uh, coach the Redskins. He's Ari- gone. Arians, yeah. Arians is going to be like, no, you take this or I'm firing you, you know. I mean, these guys are loyal to each other. They want to see each other succeed. That's it happened in Arizona because the first year that Arians was there, the following season, Todd Bowles went to the Jets. So he really only had Todd Bowles for a year. Yeah. I don't know if Todd Bowles is head coach material. I really don't. I don't I don't know anything about it. But yeah. I really felt like he got thrown into a fire. In oh, yeah. Jets. That place was just a cluster. That, yeah. it was. A, they're, they're trying to scramble back now, but for like, that whole Mark Sanchez and all that. He just, the butt fumble ruined them. Yeah, it blew up that team. I don't want to see anybody leave. There's nobody on this team. Nobody. Absolutely nobody on this team. I think we would not benefit from having coming back next year. Nobody. Yeah, I think that BA rooted out all the people who were problems or weren't going to buy in or were going to drag us down. I could say O.J. Howard, get better in your blocking. Because it, it appears that's going to be the majority of your work. Uh, I could say, Donovan Smith, keep up your energy you had the first part of the year. Kind of fell off a little bit at the end, but you, you fought well. You fought well. Um, last week against Marcellus, Merciless, he just he, they dominated. Kept him in check the whole game. I like it when you say Marcellus. <laughs> <laughs> um Jamal Dean learned how to catch the ball. You would have had six interceptions this year. Oh, yeah. I think this secondary, that's going to be their focus. Catching Work ball. with the drug machine, guys. So many dropped yeah. interceptions. A pro football focus put out a stat that said the Buccaneers have dropped more interceptions than 15 teams in the league have caught this year. That was 12. We've dropped 12. And that we've, was before this game. We've dropped over 12. Yeah. Yeah, before this game. I saw three in this one. Jameis Winston, got a lot of work to do. Of all positions, Jameis Winston has the most work to do. He's got to get his happy feet in order a lot better this year than years past, so apparently they are working on it. Reading the field. Yeah, I think he'll be better. And this is what I wanted to say earlier. I forgot. He's very unlucky, and or luck does not always go in his favor. So if you give a person a coin and you say, flip this coin until you get 10 heads in a row, some people, it takes 100 flips you know they get it really fast some people it takes a thousand and so i think Jameis has a lot of luck go against him that's one thing you have to look at with stats yeah you got to realize that with stats there's always the mean regression to the mean and Jameis overshot the mean this year oh yeah so So, that means one year he's going to have really undershoot he's going to pull aaron Rodgers. yeah i did the stats and without his interceptions this year so, taking the first four years of his career, right. he averaged 14 and a half. Oh, my God. If we had Interceptions four, a season. If we would have had that this year, we would have won four game, four extra yeah. games. Yeah. That would have been the difference in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So, I think this year was an anomaly. So, that goes back to the whole, I think Jameis Winston is the most important piece that needs to be upgraded this year. Not his position, but him as a player. I think... 
I think we need to really do what we can to keep this team together. Jameis Winston is where we need to focus. Right, and he has a lot of trust issues. So with his offensive line, when he's not trusting his offensive line, and rightfully so, you can understand it. But if he gets the same group of guys, and they made improvements this year, the offensive line. I mean, early in the season, they were giving up four or five sacks. But a a lot of those are Jameis's sacks. But if you just look at the sack number, whether or not they were Jameis's fault, it's because of how Jameis perceives his offensive line. Like, if he feels like they're giving up pressure, That's a good point. he's yeah. going to act. Yeah. So so it really is offensive line either way. Yeah, it yeah. is either way. And you saw this season, I'm going to break it down, but the number of sacks really went down. As Like, today really? we only gave up one. I think that they have. Today he only had, they only had one sack. That's interesting. I think a couple weeks ago they only gave up two. So I'm going to chart it out. I'll do a follow-up or a fact check if I'm wrong. And... So trust for the offensive line, I think, is a big thing. Trust with his his receivers, because B.A. has said sometimes Jameis trusts his receivers when he shouldn't. He trusts them to be where they're supposed to be or to make the play, and they don't. And so, One thing I like about that is Jameis giving the receivers a chance at glory. Yeah. You know, that's true. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it to you, damn it, catch that's the ball. Frustrating. Oh. Yeah, the pyramid. Oh my gosh, I really, <laughs> really, really, really just blown so away. So if he can be with the same group of receivers and they all build trust mm. through the off season, I think it will make all of God. the difference. God, we don't have enough money to pay all these people what they deserve. Great. Yes, if we get, if we get, our offensive line needs more confidence, especially in the run game. I think Our so. run blocking was so phenomenal early yeah, on. Few, I don't understand yes. what happened. What happened? What happened? Here's what we need. I'm going to say this. Just throwing this out there. This is just I'm, I'm talking out the side of my neck. We need a running back that's big, burly, and hurts when he hits you. Oh, a physical back. Which Payne Barber's a physical back. Yeah, he just doesn't have the size. Right. He's solid, yes. but he's just, you know, an average size running back. If we had one like Derrick Henry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody let, went like that. Let these offensive linemen get hit in the back a few times, and they start going, <laughs> let's create a hole for this guy to run <laughs> so in. So he'll quit hitting so us. So he'll stop hitting us. Yeah, because our running backs do. They run right into our offensive they linemen. They Yeah, because they're not opening up space, and they're, or they're trying to squeeze through. Oh, incentive matters, man. Make these guys want to open up a hole. You know who does that? Baltimore. God, man. You know, you know how long it's been since I've seen some blocking like Baltimore does? It's beautiful to watch. It really is. You could put my grandmother back there and <laughs> run behind Baltimore's blocking. She'd be a thousand-yard rusher. <laughs> and she's dead. <laughs> I want to say this. We've got a long off season in front of us, man. Uh-huh. This is <laughs> this one's gonna hurt. Yeah. Oh, it's been over a decade since we've had this type of hope leaving the season. I've got a lot of video work I want to do this off season. I've got things I want to break down James Winston's interceptions. I want to break down his sacks. I want to break down uh, our defensive configurations and so a lot of the crazy looks we've given. Uh, I want to break down our secondary. I want you to break down the defensive line. This is something that oh, you mentioned. Beautiful. Yeah, that'll be great. During the game, we talked about it. JPP, with his really elusive moves, especially this game, but that you said 
they've all learned from each yes, other. Yes, yes. And they're all technicians, they're, which yeah. is a really an interesting way to look at it. And I think you're exactly right. Yeah. If Vita Vea would be the one that you would say, he's not a technician. He's, he's, a, he's a brute instinct, force. Instinct. And uh, David is instinct, too. But if you listen to Vita Vea's interviews, you will... <laughs> <laughs> You will not listen to it. You will not hear an interview with him where he does not say he's learning. <laughs> I'm serious. He has every time. That, that's his focus. Learning, learning, learning. Um, they have all learned from Sue that spin off of a double team block. And I love that. I've seen it happen so much this year. It's made me so proud. I feel like I'm birthing a baby. <laughs> uh, all of them. JPP picked up moves off of Barrett. And because Barrett has such a huge toolbox of moves. He's a chess master. He really is. He, and he said that, that he will see what moves work on a guy, and he'll work on them for part of the game. To set him to up se- for certain Yeah, to things. set him up, so then he'll be able to take advantage of him. Here's the crazy thing about, about both of them, JPP and Barrett, is you take them up against any other outside linebacker in the league, their stats are better. But when you do it as far as what they're supposed to do during that play, what their assignment is, they drop back into coverage a lot. They're not rushing the passer all the time like most outside linebackers. You know, you got a lot of these outside linebackers that rarely drop into coverage. No, JPP and Barrett are dropped back into coverage, I'd say, about 10% of the time. So you knock off 10% of their rushing chances. And that's how good they are. And their stats are still better than most people's. It's great. And you you see uh, JPP getting moves from Barrett. You're seeing uh, Barrett picking up stuff off of uh, Nacho. Nacho and JPP working together. This is a second stringer and a elite first stringer working together to make an excellent. uh, That sack JPP got on Watson last week. The way they set that up. You saw him talking before the play. And you could actually see JPP doing his arms in that movement. And they did it. And they opened up a lane for Watson to run down through. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I got open lane. As soon, <laughs> as, soon as he started ru- started running, JPP popped off his man and tackled him from behind immediately. It was, it was, it was beautiful. So, yeah, exciting stuff. But anyhow, I wanted to reemphasize I will have the game film video done probably Wednesday or Thursday. This will be the last game film video of the year, but I want to keep doing videos throughout the off season. If you have any ideas out there, videos you'd like to see, a breakdown of Jameis's interceptions, the sacks, those are the kind of things I want to do. But if you have anything like that, you want to see a breakdown of plays, Sue's plays, Vea's plays, whatever, uh, just hit us up. Let us know. You can contact us on Twitter. Our handle is at Bucks underscore Observer. Uh, YouTube, shoot us an email. Molly's email address is Molly Bay at Buccaneers Observer. My email address is Ralph at Buccaneers Observer. That's going to wrap it up for us. If you want to hang out and listen to Bruce Arians' post-game press conference, we're going to have it attached at the end of the podcast. But until next time, go Bucks. All right, very disappointing loss. Uh, I thought we had this game. Um, obviously, the field goal misses cost us. Um, to go to overtime, the lack of third down production in the second half was huge. The penalties, um, it was really us beating us. And we kind of gotten over that. But again, we found a new way to spot somebody 10 points. 
Ever since the second week in a row, the offense has just kind of stopped in the second half. Is there something you point to for why why the points went away, why the pass game went away? I, I think more than the running game was fine. You know, the running game was excellent, really, and uh, it was more the passing game and uh, and third down. You know, they were very manageable third downs, other than the penalties. You know, when, once we backed ourselves up to those third and longs, especially when we got down to the red zone on an offensive pass interference call that I got to go watch the film because I never seen. It. I, I, it's ridiculous. Bruce, when, this is Jameis Winston's possibly last pass in Tampa, unless you franchise or, or resign him. What type of impression does that game losing pick six leave with you? Well, it doesn't help. That's for sure. There are a lot of good things. One of great two minute drives before the half. You know, there's a lot of things to evaluate, and we'll take our time and evaluate it. Coach, the roughing the passer on Vita uh, Vea. Yeah, I understand. It, it, they, they wouldn't have called that in a CYO league, would they? I don't think so. I don't think so. Bruce, the, the three misses for Matt Gay, I, I look like one might have had a snap or a hold issue, but was there any commonality to why they missed? Just one bad snap, uh, one right, one left, you know, um, all at that same end. It's been a struggle for him all year, that end, and uh, he'll spend a lot of time next training camp in that end, I promise you. How much confidence, Bruce, does uh, Ronald Jones get to going into 2020? Oh, I thought, you know, after the fumble, I thought he bounced back uh, and had a hell of a ball game oh, and sh- should have won the game for us the way he was running the ball. Chris, talk about your defense. Devin White gets that 91-yard touchdown return. The young guys have stepped up a lot. What do you think about the momentum that this team carries next year defensively? Oh, I think it's huge because the biggest thing is keeping them together. You know, those young guys in the second are hurt when we lost Sean with the ankle sprain. Um, but, uh, yeah, th- those young guys on defense have made great progress and really, really, I hate to see the season end because of their progress. Bruce, you talked about such a big difference between being 7-9 and nine and being 8-8. Eight and eight. How, how much does it sting to lose, not only to lose, but to lose the way you lost? Oh, it, it smells as bad as it could possibly smell, and it'll smell that way for a long time. I would have told you, Bruce, you'd go 5-3 and three on the road and you finish 7-9. and nine. Would, would you have believed that? No, no, not, not in a million years. And, you know, that, that's the thing. We have to really look at it and evaluate, you know, the kicker at home. How do we fix that? Because he's had struggle here. He hasn't struggled anywhere else. The quarterback struggles here, and he doesn't struggle at other places. So, uh, yeah, when you go five and three on the road, you're supposed to be playing in the playoffs. Bruce, you know, obviously you are going to evaluate everything in the offseason, and Jameis is going to be a big part of that. When you look at a season where you see a guy that's, you know, one of eight guys to ever throw for 5,000 yards, and he's second in the league in, in touchdowns, but also leads the league in interceptions like he does and has trouble with the pick sixes, how difficult it is it to evaluate one of the more unique seasons that a quarterback's really ever had in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, that's just, there's so much good. When you look at there's so much good and there's so much outright terrible. So it's, we got to weigh that, see what happens. Is it, is it good enough, do you think? Got to wait and see. When you guys had won four straight, you had said that if Jameis keeps playing like that, you felt pretty good about him coming back. This wasn't the finish to the season you wanted. How do you feel going into this evaluation process? We'll just go back and look at, at the entire season, like we do with everybody, and uh, how many were him, how many were somebody else. And there's a lot more that goes into it than just interceptions, but it'll be a full evaluation, like we do every year. Was that a bad decision with the ball, primarily, you think? From where the you last went? one? Yeah. It sure looked like it. He was covered. You know, he's going to his favorite guy, but he's covered. Right. Coach, your defensive line seemed to be your strong suit. You got plays out of Golston, and it just... Is that 
what you're looking for? Yeah, I thought they ran the ball in the middle of our defense a little too well today. Uh, but again, we came up with some big stops. Um, but yeah, that, our defensive line has played outstanding all year. Our front seven has played well all year. Is there an update on Sean Murphy Bunting's injury? It's a high ankle sprain. Full evaluation on Jameis. Does that include looking at what quarterbacks might be available, either free agency or the draft? That would be a huge part of it. Coach, looking at White's performance the whole season, positive, negative. What oh, it's huge. My, uh, Devin, after the knee injury, which you know took him a while playing in that brace, he's never played in a brace. But to, to watch him the last six weeks, we we got what we were looking for. We got a great player, somebody that should be in a Pro Bowl for years to come. I'm talking about Shaq Barrett getting the sack record at two at 19 and a half sacks to end the season. Yeah, he made a lot of money. <laughs> Bruce, another guy that might have is uh, Brett Purdy. I mean, how much did he show you in the last six weeks? Oh, it shows that he's a one. You know, he came in the last three weeks as our one and played like it. And uh, that, that touchdown in the end zone at end of the half was huge. Coach, you've been around quarterbacks all your life in the NFL. Is Winston fixable? That's one of the things I'm going to have to evaluate. And Jason Pierre-Paul, I mean, starts off the season with a, a possibly career-threatening injury. Uh, could you just talk about um, his his comeback this year? And oh, there's no doubt how much we miss his energy in September. Uh, until he came back in the building and was there every day, even myself, I didn't know how much energy he would bring. And uh, it was amazing what the, the energy he brings. And, and he's, he's still playing at an extremely high level. Six weeks ago, people were saying, why is Perryman even on this team? He's proven why he's on it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of knew why. So, yeah, that was that was an easy one. Bruce, uh, with all the stats, there's a million stats you can look at postseason. Uh, can you get past leading the league and giveaways? Can you get past that? No, because you're not going anywhere. You're going home. You're going home when you lead the league in giveaways. You're never going to play in the playoffs unless you're playing for Steelers in the 70s. Bruce, what was your message to the team in the locker room just now? It's a shame that, you know, this was a game that we talked about all year of us beating us in all three phases, and we did. And uh, was, there wasn't, hey, he lost the game, fire him. No, there's not because it was offense, defense, special teams. So it was like we will not beat ourselves next year. You mentioned uh, Gay and, and Winston have struggled particularly at home. I guess with the kicking, you might you might look at wind or something like that. But with the quarterback, is it just too much pre- putting too much pressure on yourself playing a different game at home than you do on the road? Yeah, Rick, I, I, I wish I could answer the question because then we could fix it, you know, and, and it's something we'll discuss hardly uh, a bunch. But with whatever it is, it can't happen. Is that about the worst image you can walk off a season with? I mean, for him, for all that? Yeah, I, I think an overtime loss giving the ball away for a touchdown. I, don't, I can't think of anything worse, you know. Coach, you lose nine games, but eight of them you're in. Is that just the NFL? Yeah, I mean, we talked to every game's going to come down. To the last two minutes of the half, two minutes of the end of the game, you win them or you lose them. All right? Now, we've been really good at the end of the halves, but we struggle sometimes at the end of the games. And um, we, this talent was never an issue with this football team. Let me make I told that from day when I took the job. We have way enough talent to win. We should have had the easy 10 wins when we beat ourselves. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Been great all year.